Hey, this morning the message is going to be from Joshua chapter 24. The title of the message is Look Back and Look In and Look Up. Look Back, Look In, Look Up. And we're going to be reading from Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 through 19. I'm going to read the even verses. I'm going to ask you if you are able to stand to your feet. And we're going to read, you are going to read the, the, um, the odd verses. The Bible says here, if you look on the screen here, you look on the screen, 1 Timothy. Timothy wrote to, I'm sorry, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said this. He was a pastor. He said, look, until I come, I want you to devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. I want you to make this central. I want you to focus on it. It's really, really important here. So be committed to doing this, to reading the Scripture. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to read the Scripture. We're going to explain the Scripture and then apply it to our lives. And then we're encouraged as as a church family, we read the scripture together. It's awesome. So I'm going to begin in verse 14, then you'll pick it up at verse 15, Joshua chapter 24. This is the word of the Lord. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worship when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord alone. The people replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for he alone is our God. If we could pray together. And Father, thank you that we're here. Thank you that we could make room in our lives to worship you this morning, the, the risen Lord. Uh, this morning, we want to bring our lives before you, all of our concerns and cares and anxiety and pain and apprehensions we bring to you. Lord, I pray for everyone here and those watching online. Uh, we would just say that we want to dedicate this morning to you. There's no one like you. May we draw near to you, for you're the God who makes all things new. Pray that you'd stir within us a desire and a hunger uh, to want more of you and want more of you than anything else in our lives that you, O oh God, would, would open the eyes of our understanding, that you'd get a hold of our hearts, that you'd be real to us, that we would believe in you by faith and surrender our lives to you. Lord, we pray for a great awakening, that you would ignite a fire in the heart of our nation, our students, our young adults, to, to come back to you and pour out your spirit upon this generation, that they would be taking a seat at the table of the Lord. And Father, as we turn to your word, we pray that we would understand it by your grace and spirit, that you would speak to us, and that we would leave here knowing that great is our God, and great is his faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. So Joshua now is in his final moments of life. Joshua is going to say the last thing that he would ever say to God's people. Think about your own life. If you had one last thing to say, one last conversation, one final farewell speech there, what would, what would you do? If it was a phone call, maybe it was a post or a tweet or Instagram or whatever it was, maybe go on YouTube, but whatever it was, if you were to have one final moment, like what is it that you would say to the people in your, your relational world that you would want them to know? Well, that's what Joshua does here. So he's got nothing to lose. He's, he's not going to hold anything back. Uh, he's going to kick the bucket soon here. This is it for him. So he's going to lay everything on the line here. What he's going to do is he's going to make a very strong challenge to God's people here in this farewell address. 
He's going to give them a few take-home points, a, a few challenges, a few assignments, if you will. He's going to talk to them about the keys to building their life in the, the promised land. So he's going to tell them to do three things, to, to look back at their past, their history. And then he's going to say, now, having looked back at your history and looking back at what God has done for you and all that God is and all that how he's blessed you, I want you now to look inward. And I want you to respond to what God has, has done for you. But you look in and about what God, and you remember what God has done. And then lastly, I want you to look up. I want you to look up to heaven and see uh, how it is that it is God that works within you. And so he begins by summarizing their history. We talked about that last week, if you weren't here. And he reminds God's people of all that God had done for them, about 22 things that are listed there. And he reminds them how God had blessed them and how God uh, had delivered them from the Egyptian bondage and from the Pharaoh and how they were slaves for 400 years and Egyptian slavery there and the incredible oppression. And that's all they knew. And then through a series of miracles, God lifted them out and parted the Red Sea and they went through on dry ground. And then God closed the Red Sea on the Egyptian army coming after them. And then they spent 40 years in the wilderness about an 11 or 12 day journey, about 150 to 200 miles. They spent 40 years in the wilderness there trying to get it right. And so uh, the old generation had to die off. And ultimately, then they crossed the Jordan into the promised land where then God is defeating their enemies. And basically he's saying this, hey, could God have done any more for you than he's done? I mean, look at all that he's done. He couldn't do anything more. And so imagine there's Joshua's talking to them and pointing out, look, God has given you the land. God has given you the buildings and the houses and the vineyards and the trees. God has done it all for you there. All that you can enjoy what he's done for you in the promised land. So God has been good to you. Just like us here today. May I say to us here today that how about you? How about you look back? And look and do the same thing here that the children of Israel did. Uh, and the Bible says that like in other places of Scripture, like in Romans chapter 12, 11 chapters there of all the great things that God has done. And then on chapter 12, verse 1, it says, says this here. It says, therefore, I beg you by the mercies of God, in light of everything that God has done, that you, what should you do? You should present yourself before God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so he says that. And so the same thing is happening here. It's a look back moment. He says, look, look back in us. We're having a look back moment right now. Look at his forgiveness. Look at his grace. Look at his mercy. Look at all that God has done for you, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but by his mercy he saved us. So you have peace with God here. If you're a Christ follower, you've been adopted as his son or his daughter. You've got a direct access to God. The, the veil was rent when Jesus died there. He shepherds you. He leads you. He guides you. He gives you his spirit there. Uh, he protects you. He, uh, he is your healer. And so in light of all of that, he's everything that you need there, considering then all that God is and all that God has done, what is your response? Like, like what is our response here? So it says now in verse 14, uh, some of your Bibles read, therefore, or so, so what? Okay, here's so what. Then fear him, fear the Lord and serve him, put away the idols, 
okay, and serve the Lord alone. So he says, look, not only are you to look back, but when you look back in light of all that God has done and all, in light of all that he is, you're to respond. You're to, you're to have some resolutions there. He's saying you, it's to impact you, impact your lifestyle, impact all of you all the time. So secondly, he says this. Everybody look at the screen. Everybody look at the screen together. Look at He says, look, he says, look in. So the next thing you're to do is you are to look in, to resolve to serve the Lord. So you don't just look back like that's not the end of your story. The end of your story is not all that God has done and all that, that he, how he has blessed you. But there's a continuing of your story in light of that. Yeah, you look back, but then you look in and you resolve to do something. And he gave them three challenges. But what about us? So he's basically saying this. And I think if he could have the mic today, he would say this. Look, so look, don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. How many people are going to waste their lives chasing empty dreams, chasing things that don't satisfy? Don't do that. So it's, but there are things you can do. He says, look, and nine times, nine times in his speech, he says, look, you have space in your life to be about serving. And I would ask you, I'd ask everyone here, if you were to look at your personal history and all that God has done for you, all that God has done for you personally, how he pulled you, if you know him, he pulled you out of darkness, forgave your sin, made you right with God. You've experienced the goodness and the grace of God. But looking back at that, it, it stirs you up, it motivates you, it incentivizes you to, to, to respond to that. So therefore, how, how are you going to respond? Like, if, I, if I, I'm to, to answer that question, I look back at my, my own life and I see that uh, in the middle of my family life spinning absolutely out of control, self-destructing, just a train wreck, and God out of nowhere intervenes. All God, zero rod, had nothing to do with it. But there is God getting a hold of the speaker this morning. When I was not looking for God and not interested in God, but he was making himself real to me, making himself real to me. And I had two experiences. I had two experiences as a teenager where I experienced the tangible presence of Almighty God. I was absolutely terrified in my room and another time in my uh, Volkswagen uh, where I experienced the tangible presence of God. God is making himself real to me out of nowhere. God's grace. I mean, uh, it's a miracle of God's grace that I'm here. But in light of all of that and how God has blessed me uh, in, in the duration of my life, I feel like I'm a blessed man. Uh, and I look back at God's blessing like, how, how am I to respond to all of that? And I would say, if you could write down your, that's a brief, my personal history. But if you were to write down your personal history, now what? Because your story does not and with what God has done for you. And so, therefore, or so, verse 14, like, what's next? And so, it compels you. It compels me then. So, here, look at this. Look, so, like, what's next? Therefore, what are we going to do? Like, if you could fill this in, so, in light of all that God is, and all that God has done, 
If you could fill in your name right there, what are you going to do? And so what is Anthony going to do? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some people in the room. I'm going to say some of your names. But like, what would Anthony do? Like, what is he going to do with his life? Uh, he's doing something with his life. But what about Alexis? What is Alexis going to do with her life? What about Bodie, who came to Young Guns a couple of weeks ago? What's Bodie going to do with his life? What about Isaiah, who came here seven years ago, and, uh, and God began to touch his life there? But on Easter morning, there was a guy named Chris that came, and it was, it was transformative for him on Easter day. What about, what about uh, Don, uh, Don's story? What about Sam, incredibly gifted young man? What about Shannon, a, a busy mom? Like, what is, what is the story that God wants to write? What about Holly? And I know this, did God have something for Holly's life? What about Anna? Anna, God has got something for you. I just want to tell you that. And Todd, there's a Todd, the, the parking lot pastor, and all that God is doing in his life. Can we give it up for the parking lot pastor? <laughs> and Neil, Neil, you're in a season where I want to remind you that God has something for you. What about Drew that uh, has a new baby? And Janae, number three, Jill and Drew have a new baby. And uh, what does God have for you in light of this journey? And how about Janae? I can say that God's got his hand on Janae, uh, changed her, her situation and story. What about Sandra? I could tell that with... Uh, with Shelly, there's a new start. And then there's a group of women, just a handful, that are starting a new journey and rooted. There is Tammy and Heather and Peggy and Carrie and Raquel. And how about Chloe? We've got a couple young Chloes here. Give it up for the Chloes. Yeah, that God's got his hand on them, immensely both gifted young ladies. And then how about Doreen stepping out in her new life? Uh, uh, Gail, Gail senses God's awakening. There's Cheryl and uh, I want to say... Uh, Jaden is a leader, a great leader. Yep, come on. There's Sarah on stage, just has quite a calling of God on her life. And how about Josh at Riverside City College? And for all of these people, and how about Caesar, who's uh, playing baseball, and his brother Noble, and Ken, and Andy, and Colby, I want to say God's got his hand on your life. And JM is going to be leading communion and leads young adults. Come on. And Kevin, yep a young man for the Lord, that I get to spend time with him and his brother and their dad and Alex. And the list goes on and on, and I don't have time to do everybody. But you get the idea what we're talking about here, that in light of all that God has done, in light of all that he is like, what are you going to do? Well, in verse 15, Joshua says what he's going to do. And he speaks to the people, he says, but if you refuse, there it is again, the theme to serve the Lord. Then choose today whom you're going to serve. Look, he says, look, I know you got options. I know you've got choices, but I'm going to make my declaration. Here's the hill I die on. Here's where I plant my flag. But he says, you prefer the other gods out there? He says, uh, but as for me, but as for me, my house, we, my family, but as for me, next part of the scripture here, what we're going to do is we're going to serve the Lord. Like, discussion over. Like, there are no other options for me. This is the direction, the trajectory of my life and my family. This is what we're going to be about forever. 
And so we're going to go with God. End of story. No change. No possible other options. And so we know this, friends, and, and I want to say this point here, and this is important. This is important. The commitment that you make right here, that you decide. Say, so look, it's your choice. Choose however you want to choose. But this is what you need to know, that the commitment that you make or you don't make to the Lord affects every other relationship in your life for the rest of your life. That's what's at stake here. That's why over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, he says, serve the Lord. So Joshua calls them to, to look back and to make a choice. But then he says, look, I need you to look in. I need you to resolve today whom you're going to serve. And, and so and he knows this. He knows they're going to compromise. He knows they're going to flounder in their future. He knows in Judges chapter 2, it says another generation arose that neither knew the Lord nor knew the act, the acts that he did. So he knows they're going to flip and flop and fall on their face, and he knows the future, and he knows what they're saying like people today. Yeah, 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 I'm all in. Yeah, I'm going to serve the Lord. Count me in. Yeah, but then down the road, but what is your, you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend going to think? Or what's going to happen at school when they, they call you out at your work? Then what? And how, how serious is the resolution? But here's, look at the people. The people replied, oh, hey, like, we would never abandon, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. I beg to differ. Uh, in, in the next part of the Bible, in Judges chapter 1 and 2, you are serving other gods there. So it's not true. But here's what they say. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us. Yea, God. Like, yeah, Yahweh. We're going to follow you. There's no one like you, Jehovah. Oh, is that right? They say he performed mighty miracles before our very eyes. And as we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, he preserved us. He delivered us. He protect, protected us. Verse 18. Look at this. It was the Lord that drove us out. Yeah, the Amorites and all the other Jebusites and Hittites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah, are you really going to serve the Lord? Because you're not, but you're saying that. You're giving, you're giving a, lip, you know, a lip service, but he alone is our God. Yeah, they're like, yeah, and high-fiving and chest-bumping. and Yeah, we're going to serve the Lord. You're, you, are you really going to serve the Lord? Because the reality is Joshua knows that you're going to bail. And then verse 19, then here it is, because he knows that. Then what Joshua does, he said, look, then he warned the people. Why? Because he says this. Here's the reality. I don't care what you say. Here's the reality. You're not able to serve the Lord. So take that. You know, put that in your pipe and smoke it. You're not able to serve the Lord. Because here's what you need to know. Like, God's a holy God. And he's jealous. He's a jealous God. And you need to know who you're dealing with here. And he's going to see your rebellion. He's going to see your sins. So he's warning them. He says, look, you are not able in your own strength to serve the Lord. Joshua is saying, look, I know you too well. This is a red alert moment. This is a 911 moment. And you think they're, they're all fired up. You, you can feel how fired up they are. I mean, they're, they're, they're just, they're into it, you know. And uh, the, the, the crowd is, is fired up. And, hey, we're going to put, our, put away our gods. And we're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua is saying, yeah, don't go there. Yeah, right on, don't go there. But if you 
but you are going to leave those Yahweh, then pick your God, even if that God is, is you. How true that is today that people pick themselves to be their God. And so even if you set yourself up as your own God, the, the reality is this, that you're going to serve someone. So why does Joshua say that you can't serve the Lord? When they're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we can and we are. So, but you got to understand, Joshua saying, look, the God here that you're talking to, he's a holy God and he's a jealous God and he's an eternal, all-powerful, all-consuming God here. And so he's, the Bible says he's like a consuming fire. And that's who you're dealing with here. And you need to realize this, and we need to realize this, that apart from God's grace, look, friends, apart from God's grace, you can't serve him. You can't do it on your own. You can't serve God in your own strength. And that can be you. You're like, yeah, Lord, I'm going to serve you. Those are just empty words. Those are empty claims because, uh, uh, yeah, God, you can count on me. And that's just emptiness if you don't realize this here, that, uh, that Joshua is so deeply concerned that they're going to slip away. They're going to get swallowed up by culture. Like people today that are well-meaning and well-intentioned get swallowed up by the culture. And so serving God, he's saying, look, it's got to be more than, than all your high fives and your chest bumping and your lip service about, about what you're going to do. So we're reminded that this is true when people are genuine and real and authentic about it, that saved people, they do serve people. That is true. It was not true largely in their case. So Joshua says, look, if you want to serve the Lord, you need to get down on your knees. You need to humble yourself before God. You need to realize that the frailty uh, and weakness and brokenness of who you are. And you need, to, you need to, to look up is what you need to do. See, it's not enough to, to look back at all that God is and all that God has done. You need to do that. And you need to, you need to look in. You need to look in and, and to make the resolution and make the decision as for me and my house, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to serve the Lord? But lastly here, and you need to look up. And we need to recognize that it's God that's at work within you. They needed to realize that. Philippians, I love the way Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 puts it. It says, uh, it says, so that says you need to work out, Philippians chapter 2 talks about all that Christ has done, all that he did. And now it says, okay, in light of what Jesus has done, that he went from a place where, uh, where he was no higher to a place that he could go no lower, that put upon himself, took upon himself human form, died upon a cross for you. Then it says, now you, you got something to work out. Work out, and then he's speaking to God's people. He's speaking to the church at Philippi. He says, like, you need to work out. So he's talking to people who already were saved and right with God. And he directs them to walk out, to carry out okay, their salvation. How are you going to work that out, your own salvation? Well, not, you know cocksure of yourself that you can do it on your own. No, with the fear of God and with, with trembling there, with the right attitude, not resting in your own ability. And so he says, 
you need to be like a person to recognize I'm a weak man, I'm a weak woman here, and, uh, and I need you, God, to work through me. So he says, and watch, watch, watch. Look at this. Everybody look at the screen. For it's who? For it's, it's you? It's Rod? No, it's God. It is all God all the time. Watch. And how can that be? How is it God? Well, it's God because it's God. Go back. Go back to that. Go back. It is God who works in you. It's God who's working in you. See, by divine enablement. And so both to will, in other words, God creates within you the will, the desire. That's God at work. And then he, to, to work, that means literally he's giving you the power, the energy, the desire, the passion there. So uh, what does this look like then? As that you got to like look up. Look up to God because he is our great and our mighty God who himself always is at work within us. He gave you the will, and he doesn't just leave you there. Then he, he works within you and gives you the power, the dunamis power there, like dynamite power, to do his will. Empowering, energizing his children, God the Spirit in us, giving us his strength and supernatural power, the inner then desire to do his will and to do what pleases him. So that's what you have, the, the dynamic uh, working within you. It's God's spirit, watch. It's continually, present tense, working in you and giving you everything that you need, the, the strength and the ability to please God. And so what do we do then? Like, if that's all God, like, well, what's my part? Well, my part, your part, is we cooperate with God. And so... We're not in cruise control, but recognize that he's working in us, but we're, we're agreeing with him and giving our all as he works within us. So we bring ourselves, all of ourselves, all of our effort, yet at the same time recognizing that we can't do anything on our own. And so, for example, people feel like, well, you know, I just, I got I to gotta clean myself up. Well, friends, uh, good luck at that because you can't clean yourself up. You look at your life and you have that habit that's had a stranglehold on you all of these years. You need to admit that you can't clean yourself up. Or you have those dark, secret space. You have addictions or strongholds. We all have strongholds. You have bitterness and unforgiveness and broken relationships and uh, maybe fears and you know, lacking the courage to, you know, to step out and, and serve him. But it's all God to change that. It's, it's all him. So, so, yeah, you look back. Yeah, you look in. But you, gotta, you have to look up. And you live that way. It's a posture of how you, li- you live. That our eyes and the affections of our hearts are steadfast, Hebrew says, upon the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's, that's how you live. You live with your eyes looking up. And so in conclusion, before we take communion, Joshua says, yeah, you got options. And you have choices. And this morning, you have options. I have choices. This isn't my only choice. I have options. You have options. And so, saying, yeah, I get it that you have options, but you got to choose. 
And by not choosing, you are choosing. If you say, well, I don't want to choose. Well, but by not choosing, you are choosing not to choose him. And so if you've been a Christ follower for two weeks or two months or 20 years, uh, every day, Jesus is inviting you to take up your cross and to follow him, to trust him, to receive him. So the final words of the great general Joshua, his final words. Look back. Look back at all that God has done for you. His final words. Would you look in and how you respond to all of that? What are you going to do with that the rest of your life? You're going to live the rest of your life out of what you have resolved before God. That's your life. It's my life. How are you going to respond? Choose this day. When you choose and you say yes, then you recognize, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every day, I need thee. I need you, Lord. I can't do this on my own. I can't live this life. I need you to be at work in me and through me. And then, with my one and only life, I can serve you. The choice is yours. What are you going to choose? Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you. As John Michael comes up to lead us in communion, I pray, Lord, that your words would speak to us and speak to us again and again. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.